The world of Ayarden is inhabited by three major powers. The land has been scarred by war through the ages, and through blood, three kings arise from the histories. Many years prior, a boy was born and his eyes glowed with blue flame. The ancient prophecies foretold of this coming, of a boy with flame in his eyes that did not burn. And upon his entry into the world, cataclysmic events rush forth. This boy would grow to become the first emperor of Iarden. The Pale Moon Empire sits at the forefront of the world, a light amongst the dark clouds. I am the preceding darkness, and this is the saga of stories. Part 1. The Empire Iarden is a planet with three orbiting moons and one sun. The Pale Moon Empire was founded under the Pale Moon of Clouded Fate. The other moons are the Moon of Shadow and the Moon of Light. The sun is not named, but feared by the less civilized and warring tribes which dot the landscape. The main lands under the clouds of the Pale Moon are of lush green, the forests brimming with living things. The druids tend to the land, keeping life and balance within the forests, old men versed in ancient knowledge. The most talented of them may call the indigenous life to their aid and shape the land to specific purpose. Fewer still are inheritors of terraforming through communion with the spirit of the planet. The Druids are instrumental to the armies of Pale Moon. When the Kingdom of Magus attempted to invade during the withering years, their mastery over nature were the determining point of victory in battle. Though no match for the destructive potential of the mages, their defensive rituals and land manipulation gave the Pale Moon Empire victory. The far east of the Empire is home to the desert men of Rivan, a people known for their great technological achievements. The sand-swept dunes cover every inch of that territory, and their homes are little more than sand caves built into the sun-baked mountains. But within those caves are advancement that overshadow their seeming primitive nature. The cannons and siege artillery in use by the Pale Moon Army come from this region, and their people are ruled by a masked man who does not reveal his identity but is known merely as the Sand Lord. They have fashioned flying machines propelled through the sky through hot air and boats capable of moving faster than the galleons and frigates of the neighboring countries. To the far west of the empire is home to the Dan, their land of rocks and earth and clay with mountains surrounding all around. Most of the water is imported here. The people indigenous are stocky and strong, warriors all. During the Withering War, a vengeful witch spoke a curse upon the people, intending to rend their progeny from coming forth again. The curse was counteracted by the Druids, and though they were not successful in removing all harmful effect, the only symptom that was visible was the shortening of their race. The people are two feet shorter than most other races, but their muscles expanded, making them more effective warriors. The men are conscripted as frontline warriors into the Pale Army, and their women create great architecture amongst the cities and surrounding provinces. Their children do not experience childhood, but rather grow within a span of two weeks to full musculature. 
but the birth rate is only one child per 100 families. Lady Valencia and the court scholars work for a cure to counteract the curse, but have thus far been unsuccessful. The capital city is a marvel of fortifications, technological innovations, and home to Castle Pale Grave. During the Withering War, the castle was besieged no less than 20 times, and no attempt was successful. Upon the battlements are cannons infused with destructive powder and searing oil that pour down upon invaders. The rock is treated with an alloy mixture invented by Rivan that resists the trebuchets and elemental force of the neighboring kingdoms. Crystal and carved gems line the bridge which lead to the castle, and all visitors and honored guests walk the bridge for an audience with the king, his throne, a magnificent arch of jewels and embroidered silver. Part two, the withering war, setting, Pale Moon Empire. During the ascent of the King of Pale Moon and during the construction of the empire, the path to being crowned was fraught with troubles. The foreign lands had heard the tale of a prophesied emperor, and though a few were in support, the most powerful kingdoms opposed any consolidation of power. They feared for their lands, and any consolidated power was a threat to their continued existence. The kingdoms of Vala and Magus upon the borders under the Pale Moon were the strongest, and they both rallied troops independently to bring war into the continent. The lands of Magus were ruled by a powerful council of seven men versed in destructive sciences known as mages. The land of Vala were ruled by a warrior tribe and risen by a warlord the likes of which the world had rarely seen. These two neighboring countries converged upon the lands of Pale Moon from the western and northern coasts upon Galleon and Frigate and War Machine. The Pale Moon army were only in their infancy, but rallied together their army as well, and the three armies marched to meet each other. Magus and Vala had not expected to meet each other on the battlefield, and each of the army's leaders asked the other to stand down. Neither would relent, as both had instituted forced march into the lands and could not survive a march back empty-handed. Though a newly formed army, the Pale Moon Conscript Army had the most soldiers, and the leaders met in front of their army, except for Elisheim, the future king of Pale Moon. Unable to effect a compromise, the leaders backed away and the fighting began. The Magisters proved to be the superior force, slaying foot soldiers by the score, until the Druids of Pale Moon arrived on the battlefield. They erected huge earthen barriers and rock, blocking the easy traverse of any of the three armies. Unable to continue fighting, the armies of Vala and Magis retreated closer to their own lands, but did not abandon the continent altogether, and began raiding the small towns which surrounded the soon-to-be capital city. This war of attrition came to be known as the Withering War, leading to the Withering Years, so named due to the negative impact the war inflicted upon the people. Food was scarce. Water was hotly contested. The people became sick and afflicted with constant maladies due to the lack of access to clean water. Laborers of every trade became desperate due to the war blockades. Children were unable to play freely as raging wildfires and smoke filled the air, and stray arrows would often bounce against the walls of the homes. 
as the people suffered and the morale of the, both the troops and populace began to wither, there was an outcry for a solution, and the developing King Elisheim felt a specific obligation to his people to end the war. It had raged for many years, and he did not wish for the people to be subjected to another. One day, he retreated to a small cave upon a mount near his hometown and sat upon its rocky surface. He prayed for deliverance and salvation from horrors affecting his land. Shortly thereafter, during a climactic battle grazing the peak of the capital, the soldiers of the opposing army began dodging an unseen enemy and running from a force that seemed to be all around them and above them at once. The clouds roiled and changed color from second to second as the men began to flee. The main contingents of the opposing armies were, however, brave and decided to hold their ground. At this moment, a flock of avian beasts descended upon the armies, carrying fire that cut through leather and burned through armor, and the main forces broke ground and pursued the already fleeing host. The people of Pale Moon rejoiced at the fleeing army, but many of the people also became frightened from the portent of the events. This was the end of the Withering War and the beginning of the Empire. The scars of that time still lie heavy upon the hearts of the people. Part 3. Birth of the King. Setting, Pale Moon Empire. The King of the Pale Moon Empire was born with blue fire burning in his eyes. The boy who would grow to rule the world of Iarden and bring the chaotic planet into order. Upon his birth, his mother shrieked great cries that reverberated throughout the small town of Deluge on the outskirts of the Pale Moors. The people knew her as Valencia daughter of Hisham, a small-time fisherman. Her beauty was legendary, and suitors from all the surrounding tribes had come seeking her hand. She turned them all down, and even the richest of them left, hopes dashed and uncertain. When a young man named Arnais arrived from a distant town seeking work, she'd ignored him, seeing him as nothing greater than what he was, a small-time fisherman. Yet word of his character began to spread rapidly throughout the village, he was known to be honorable and kind beyond the measures of most men. His honor was such that even the wealthy tradesmen who came through the village would come to him to hold their wealth during their stay, knowing that he would be trustworthy enough to return every cent to them. For these services, Arnaeus asked nothing in return and rejected any gift. Valencia saw his good character and asked her father to speak with him. Her father, Hisham, approached the boy, and soon he and Valencia were wed. A wandering prophet traveling through the town looked upon Arnaeus and Valencia and told them that he had been sent from the Kingdom of Cloud to bring them good tidings of the great person growing within her womb. When asked about the kingdom from which he hailed, he merely smiled and walked away. Arnaeus attempted to follow the man, but upon rounding a corner, he found that the man was simply gone. Though troubled by the event, the two remained happily together until the birth of their son. Her shrieks seemed more agonizing than was the norm, and Arnaeus and Hisham grew worried calling upon the village doctor. The doctor's knowledge of the esoteric was inadequate, however, and he agreed to stay with her while admitting he could do little. So Hisham sought out an herbalist upon the outskirts of the town. She was shunned by the townspeople and called a witch by some, but they left her alone, 
She had displayed talent in healing some of the populace from afflictions that none other could treat, and most of the people were afraid by way of superstition of being turned into something ghastly. They called her Anima, or the one who animates in a derisive way of accusing her of necromancy. She wore the name with amusement. When the disheveled Hisham came to her that night, she could sense an urgency in his words, and she grabbed upon several herbs and potions and quickly followed him. She found the young woman writhing in pain and frothing at the mouth, and she shouted for cold water and towels to be brought with haste. Arnaeus hastened to comply, and Hisham held his daughter's hand while giving Anima a hopeful glance. She is literally burning from the inside. Continue to hold her hand and promise that you will not interfere. Hisham nodded, and the old woman began to cut into the stomach tissue to relieve the heat and the pressure. What burst forth from the tissues were a blue flame that hissed as it exited her stomach. Hisham gasped, and the old witch began to chant words that he did not recognize. When Arnaeus burst into the room, he saw the witch drawing the flames from his wife's stomach, and she lied unconscious upon the floor. Arnaeus hailed from the distant lands of Magus and was familiar with some of the words of power and sorcery that they used there. He understood that the old woman was drawing the life essence from the child. He drew a dagger from his loincloth and rushed forward, burying the dagger into the chest of the old witch, who looked at him with pursed eyes as she slumped to the floor. Upon being released from the spell, Valencia came to consciousness and screamed horribly, giving a great push that brought the baby forth. Hisham brought the child into his arms as Arnaeus lay with the bloody dagger in his hand. The child's eyes were alight with the same blue flame that the witch had attempted to extract, his mother whispering his name, Elisheim. At the naming of the child, a gentle breeze could be felt blowing through the small hut, and the child did not cry. This was the beginning of the Pale Moon Empire. Saga of Stories is a tale of war and fantasy within the world of Iarden, created by myself, the preceding darkness. Each episode released builds upon the lore of the world. If you wish to listen to more, you can subscribe to me at sagaofstories.com.